1: Send in QB Jimmy Garoppolo to
0: 49ers. We believe we found the right guy.
1: Garoppolo, quick pass caught by Kittle. He dives and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is gonna
2: go. Touchdown. Striking Gold Podcast, Kevin Jones in the house. What is going on, my people? Monday morning recap, 49ers win. They beat the Arizona Cardinals 36-26. They're now 9-1 on the season. Best record in the NFC heading into the home stretch. Wasn't a pretty win by any means of the imagination. The 49ers almost lost it multiple times. Jimmy Garoppolo interceptions. But Jimmy Garoppolo does come through in the end of the game. Kyle Shanahan almost made a huge Error with the going for two-point conversion. This was a dicey little win, but one of those wins where this is what the good teams do. They can pull it out of their ass at the very end. They can kind of almost mess around and still win. You can't make these types of mistakes against Green Bay, Baltimore, New Orleans. However, I thought the 49ers coming off an emotional loss to Seattle. Short week. No George Kittle. You give them props here. They really had to reach down deep to get this win. The defense didn't play that well. So we're going to break it all down. Shout out to Untuckit. Untuckit Untuckit.com, promo code BLUE, 20% off. A button-down shirt. Show up to Thanksgiving looking nice. You'll have your mom, your aunts pinching your cheeks. No hoodie, no t-shirt. Roll with Untuckit. Listen, I'm, I'm the biggest leisure Person ever. I wear outdoor voices, sweatpants every day. I also can throw on an untuck it, and you guys should too. All right, so Blue Wire is the podcast network I started. Striking Gold has evolved from the Kevin Jones podcast. Shout out to Rob Lauder, Eric Crocker. If you're new, welcome to the program. We call it how it is. I've been very praiseworthy of the 49ers this year because they're one of the damn good football teams, but you're going to call out some warts on this episode. Debo Samuel isn't one of, them, one of them, obviously, but the receiver position, Dante Pettis is in the doghouse. Marquise Goodwin getting a little bit phased out. There's a lot to go over here. Killa Witherspoon kind of came back in when Mosley got nicked up, but Emmanuel Mosley held on to his job, and Kyle kind of backtracked after the game, saying Witherspoon didn't have a bunch of full practices since the 49ers did a bunch of walkthroughs last week to get healthy. Yeah, I mean, we're going to unpack everything, I kind of liked last week how we just went through the game chronologically because that really helps, and it makes sense again to do it this week because it was another up-and-down game. Kyler Murray came out of the gate crushing it. This guy, his stats don't look great afterwards, less than 200 yards passing, but this offense is moving. He's shimmying and shaking. He's finding the right receivers on third downs. The Cardinals got up 16 nothing early on. The first quarter was like 20-4 to in number of plays. Kyler kept moving the sticks. Richard Sherman had pass interference early on that helped set up a field goal. Uh, you know, really, up until midway in the second quarter, Arizona had control of this game. So it's 16 nothing. When did the 49ers get started, it was Richie James. 57-yard screen play. Richie James, very efficient player. I think he has, like, four plays over 40 yards or something this year. He... He's not getting the ball much, but when he does, some electric stuff can happen. felt like Kyle really pushed a the button there. He knew that this play call was going to work. So it gets him close to the red zone. Kyle Juszczyk is lined up as a receiver the next play. He makes a nice little in-breaking route. And then Ross Dwelly touchdown. So 16-7. D Ford got a, a, a sack on a second down there in the... Yeah, in the second quarter. um, And then, yeah, Debo had some big, big conversions on the 49ers' second drive here to set up a 43-yard field goal. So it's 16-10 at halftime. You know, 49ers, they came out a little flat. They really did, but they rebounded there in the second quarter. Third quarter is really when the action s- started happening. You know, Tevin Coleman opened up the half with a nice screenplay. So Jimmy Garoppolo was like 24 of... Thirty On throws that traveled five yards or less The offense was really tailored To get the ball out of his hands Now Arizona was blitzing a lot With Jimmy Garoppolo It was a game plan with a lot of dinking and dunking And a lot of running after the catch So you look, he had 400 yards passing afterwards You know, a lot of it was set up after the catch He was efficient in finding these receivers It was Emmanuel Sanders next And then check almost took a screen pass All the way to the house And then a second touchdown for Ross Dwelly. Beautifully designed play by Kyle Shanahan. This little peel back where the tight end is then coming across after he's acted like a run blocker. It's working a lot in the red zone. Yeah, and then you had DeForest Buckner had a sack on Kyler. He did the Ronald Blair kick dance as a shout-out to his brother who's out for the season. Third quarter, yeah, Debo had a big third-down conversion. Um, Then there was a terrible pass interference call that went the 49ers' way on Joe Wilson. Kyle Juszczyk really sold that. Kyle Juszczyk had a career-high day. He was really featured in the offense. Yeah, so the 49ers have this momentum late third quarter. They're moving, they're driving. And then Jimmy Garoppolo intercepted, telegraphed a pass right to Jordan Hicks, who ran the ball past midfield. And you're just getting that feeling like the 49ers are going to lose this game. You can't really mess around here. Kyler Murray is proving that he's not some rink-a-dink little quarterback back there. He's actually making the show run and, you know, if you shoot yourself in the foot too many times, you're probably going to lose to the Cardinals. That's the feeling I'm getting in the third quarter. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo was making plays and making bad plays as well. So Arizona only turns that into three. Next drive, Debo makes the catch of the year. And it's crazy. I don't think he had his first catch till late in the second quarter. He finishes with eight catches, 116 yards. First rookie receiver to go back-to-back weeks, eight and a hundred since Odell Beckham in 2014. Impressive stuff. People crowning him a number one already on Twitter. Calm down. We overreacted a little bit to Dante Pettis last year. I need to see 10 straight games of this. But Debo Samuel, without him in the second half, does this football team win the game? I don't think so. Someone had to step up. We'll get more into Dante Pettis and Marquise Goodwin getting phased out. Let's keep recapping the game. So he makes the catch of the year on the sideline just Two guys all over him, the balls bobbling up in the air. He somehow manages to catch it on the back. It was unreal. Then I thought Jimmy G actually made one of his best throws of the game to close the third quarter there. He had to get out of the pocket. He was throwing kind of weirdly off his right foot. He found Kendrick Bourne over the middle, keep the chains moving. So it's fourth quarter. 49ers have a little bit of momentum. The Tevin Coleman screen game is working. That needs to be implemented a lot more. I felt like both to start the third and fourth quarters. They got him the football out in space. They're going to need to get him more involved in the passing game, I think, the next couple weeks. The screen game was working against Arizona. That means, you know, Green Bay will probably key in on it. By the way, can't wait for Kyle Shanahan versus Mike Petton. That's going to be an epic m- matchup next week. All right, fourth quarter. Juszczyk had a big third and one. And then Kendrick Bourne touchdown. This is Jimmy Garoppolo's third touchdown pass of the day. It is now 23 19, here's where things get dicey. All right, two-point conversion right now. Are you serious, Kyle? We're going to call this out afterwards too, but I think the time has come. Kyle Shanahan needs an assistant coach during the game who is actually helping him manage two-point conversions and the clock. It's just too hard for him to be the head coach and the offensive coordinator. I think it's okay to lift your hand up here and say, listen, there's so much going on with the play calling. That it's not even fair of you. So Kyle goes for two. Jimmy Garoppolo ends up throwing it away, and now they're only up four. So if the you know the Cardinals score a touchdown, the 49ers are down three. Extra point, they're down two. So then a field goal later on would just win them. This could have really came back to bite the 49ers if they had to kick a field goal late. It went to overtime, and Arizona won. Kyle could have cost them the game this way. So it's actually really important to call it out. People are going to make mistakes every season, every head coach. But I think there could be a safeguard, put it in here, some veteran person, someone on the staff that's kind of near Kyle at all times during the game. I don't think that's weird. I think this is going to help the 49ers. It's a little bit of a flaw that Kyle has with the clock. And, yeah, I don't quite know what he's thinking. It's I mean, you know what he's thinking. He can't think fast enough about playing every scenario in his head in that little small window someone's got to be looking ahead about the two-point conversion situation and get the 49ers correct there because that was almost costly I'm super impressed so I mean Arizona you think it's over right now I think there's like five or six minutes left in the game Kenyon Drake just comes out there and rams it down the 49ers throat you're a little nervous about playing Baltimore without this run defense has been a little sketchy I think they can get worn down late in games Kyler kind of showed it, too. He was scrambling around. And they get a quick TD. Real quick TD. They're up 26-23. So there's five minutes left. Jimmy G's driving down the field. Two huge plays to Debo. He's carrying the offense. Um, Jimmy G had a terrible interception late again here to Ross Dwelly. You're thinking the game could be over now. This... Was trending like it was going to be a nice rebound win. And then, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo sailed a pass really high off Dwelly's hand and it's picked off. Luckily, it's a three and out. Eric Armstead bails the 49ers out. Huge third down sack. I've said it before. Gonna have a hard time keeping him out of the Pro Bowl. He has 10 sacks. 49ers have a top five defense in the league. He's been clutch as hell. A lot of his plays have come up on third down, late in games. There wasn't a bigger defensive play during the game. Eric Armstead, huge. Yeah, so they get the ball back. Debo, screen, over midfield. Ross Dwelly, huge catch. The play is reviewed. You know, there's like 40 seconds left. Ross Dwelly, it's reviewed. It's now first down, and Kyle calls up an amazing play. Jeff Wilson Jr., his first snap, shotgunned out of the backfield, peeling off over the middle of the field. And it's a touchdown to the house. 49ers win. There's some garbage play at the end. If you you bet this, the the Cardinals to cover, which they played well enough to cover all day, and the 49ers, DJ Reed scores at the very end on some lateral fumble. So 36-26. That is your recap. And, like, I'm walking away feeling from the game that The 49ers did enough offensively. If they didn't have Debo Samuel, they would have lost this game. The run game was not there. Jimmy G was dinking and dunking. At the end of the day, the the Cardinals blitzed too much. The blitz at the very end cost them. Whoever was guarding Jeff Wilson, I couldn't see on the replay, he slipped and fell and was off to the races. Jeff Wilson Jr., Ross Dwelly, Kendrick Bourne. These are the people Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo were scoring touchdowns with. I know Arizona's past defense isn't that good. But Jimmy Garoppolo threw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. First 49er to do that since Steve Young. You give him props. He shredded Arizona this year. We said at the beginning of the year, to make the playoffs, you have to go 2-0 against Arizona. The 49ers did it. They're 9-1. Their first winning season since 2013. That was a fun game. I went into it being like, oh, this could be such a letdown. And you have your three hard games. 49ers needed that win more than they can probably tell right now. I think there's a chance they go one and two in their next upcoming three games against Green Bay, Baltimore, and New Orleans. All right, we're going to hear from Untuck It and then break down some more of the 49ers' latest win. All right, guys. To me, the best sponsors for Blue Wire are ones you can use as a gift. Go get an Untuckit shirt right now for your dad your uncle, your brother, your boss for Christmas and tell them Blue Wire sent you. Untuckit.com, promo code BLUE. Untuckit shirts are designed to be worn untucked. They fall at the right length no matter the size. They look casual and sharp at the same time. There's more than 50 fit combinations. I have so many button-down shirts that look like dresses. They're just so long. They're meant to be tucked in. And like I can only wear them when I'm tucking a shirt in, which is not that often anymore. I'm wearing button downs more untucked, and that's why I'm going with Untuckit. Untuckit.com, promo code Blue, that's 20% off. That's a really good deal, better than a lot of sponsors are giving us. So check out Untuckit.com, promo code Blue, 20% off at the cash register. You'll get it to your door. You'll look sharp for mom for Thanksgiving. Make sure you do it. All right, peeps, to me, these are the key takeaways from the game. One, Jimmy Garoppolo, he put them in trouble, but he's able to just play himself out of adversity. There's always tough situations in the game. The Steelers game, when they turn the ball over so much, he was able to get the football at the end to win. These are more inferior teams. What I'm worried about Jimmy Garoppolo is, is if these two interceptions happen in a playoff game, you end up probably losing that playoff game because the team you're playing is a higher-quality team. Jimmy Garoppolo's mistakes, can they happen against more elite teams? Is he able to—he's Tony Romo. Do you guys see this? He's going to make a couple really bad interceptions that really make you pull your hair out. My hair is starting to look like Jed York. I'm already getting that right now from Blue Wire. Now I'm pulling my hair out watching Jimmy G— and I just get so much Romo vibes because he can come back and make the big play. And, of course, Romo never won a Super Bowl and this, that, and the third. But I'm saying the, the play like style and just – he throws his own team in, a, in adversity and then sometimes is able to lift them back out. So we're, we're going to have to see. He's, he's definitely more Romo and more Farve. There's going to be 10 to 15 interceptions from him every season. And I said you're going to have to live with this. I think we kind of knew that this stuff was going to happen. He played out of it. Um, Big takeaway number two, this offense has got to get more weapons in the offseason. To be one of the elite teams, you're going to have to start drafting a little bit better. You're not going to have that many draft picks. Listen, I love Debo too, but to have Dante Pettis already phased out of the whole team as a second-round pick in his second season, not good. Yeah, I'm I'm worried about just the offensive firepower right now. Marquisco, when you gave this guy a contract extension after the 2017 amazing December run, he just has drop issues. He's just... His presence on the field, you can't really feel it. Kendrick Bourne has been the most reliable receiver on the roster the last two years. It can't happen this way. Emmanuel Sanders going down and being hurt has been very difficult. So, I mean, some key t- takeaways here. Offensively, this team... I'm a little nervous against the the better competition, I would say. I'm happy that they're able to come through everything, but I'm a little bit nervous when you play these defenses coming up. You're going to have to be resilient as crap because there's going to be turnovers, and you just can't let it snowball. I do think the 49ers are growing from a couple of these games here. The Seattle loss, too. The the fact that they, you know, years past, they would have definitely lost this game, obviously, because the, the talent on the roster was... Not as good as it is now, but I think they would have lost this game because they would have been let down. And I think they, even going down 16-0 early, the 49ers did not quit. They really believe that they are the better football team most weeks. They're going to have to keep that belief because things are going to get really difficult in the next upcoming stretch of games. Defensively, the big revelation from the game is that Emmanuel Mosley has stolen a Weatherspoon's Weatherspoon spot. I actually thought Mosley had one of his worst games, and then he's nicked up, and Witherspoon got a couple snaps in there. I think you might have a musical chair situation, and you're playing the hot hand, and it's like baseball with a second baseman, depending on if it's a lefty or righty of the matchup or who's playing well. You could see that down the stretch with Mosley and Witherspoon. Witherspoon came in and made a good play. Actually, if you look at the touchdown at the very end from DJ Reed, I think Witherspoon batted the ball ahead 20 yards. That was not some random thing where the ball got hit in a scrum and flew up. Well, there just been through that if you look very closely. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Richard Sherman having three penalties. Two of those looked really deserved, especially the first one that he tackled. I think one was questionable, but not nervous there. There's going to be <laughs> – the next six games are hard. The Falcons game doesn't look easy now. They just blew the doors off the Panthers. And you have, like, the Rams are one of the easier games left on the schedule right now. Sean McVay and the Rams are lost. Super Bowl hangover called it. Yeah, the key takeaway, the 49ers are able to play ugly and still win. To be honest, sometimes they look like a 5-5 five and five football team and not 9-1. And, and that's what I expected. But they've been able to outlast other teams. It's been amazing to watch their transformation. Because I do think they're contender. Like, the big the big takeaway to me is, all right, this is their first winning season since 2013 as a franchise. The 49ers are a contender in the NFC moving forward, barring any freak injury, barring any unforeseen crazy drop-off from Jimmy Garoppolo. I think you're going to see them competing for the NFC West the next two to three seasons, minimum. So the window is open here. And, like, next year, some key people could get hurt, like Nick Bosa, like, you do have to think Super Bowl and first round bye right now. Playoffs started today. The 49ers would have home field advantage. We wouldn't even know who they play in the second round. They get to play the lowest seed possible. But the NFC is just completely loaded. An amazing win from the Vikings. The Cowboys don't look like a bad team at all. You know, if you, if you could pick any team to play that's playoff worthy right now in the second round, I think I'd rather play the Cowboys than the Vikings. However, Kyle does know Kirk really well. I think that is a, a matchup where Kyle is a little bit in the defensive coordinator room as well and can sprinkle in some things. Oh, man, this is amazing. I mean, barring anything unforeseen, they're in the playoffs this season. We're going to have a January playoff game likely at Levi's? I don't know. Seattle had the bye week. They're getting fresh. Green Bay resting up. Yeah, Kroc and, and Rob are going to review and preview a lot of these matchups. Um, KJ reviewing it if you're new here. Striking gold. I think 49ers fans are a little nervous as well, too. I don't think I'm, I'm not down after this loss. This isn't like Miles Garrett physically assaulted someone on the field. There's still morale from this win 100%. It's just, things are going to get a lot more serious. The the playoffs essentially start next Sunday night against Green Bay. Positioning and how the 49ers are either going to be on the road or at home to start the playoffs. It's, it's on. The NFC is so tight and bottlenecked. I mean, you have wildcard teams who are 8-3 right now. 11-5 is going to be a wild card in the NFC. The, the balance of power right now, there's a bunch of shitty teams and a bunch of amazing teams in the NFC. 49ers have lost one time in overtime to the Seahawks, and it probably was going to be a tie if they didn't mismanage the clock. To be honest, being 10-0 and 0 right now, even bigger target on your back. How do you handle these expectations? Like I said, I'm okay with 9-1. and one. Some people are going to call me crazy, but it, I've seen just collapses in buildings before with pressure. I think the 49ers are going to be able to handle the pressure. I think this is the game you want to start off with, this hard stretch. At home, Green Bay, if you can win this against Aaron Rodgers and Mike Pettin, you're going to have so much momentum going into Baltimore. I think it's worth starting this really hard three-game stretch at home, Primetime game. I have to watch a lot of tape on the Packers. That's one team I have not seen much this year. Knowing Mike the defense is playing out of its mind. Mike Pettin is a multiple fronts guy. I don't think Kyle's had too many matchups with him in his career. Obviously, they worked in the same building together in Cleveland. That's where I met them both. Actually, no, I met Kyle in Washington. Um, There was a falling out there. This isn't a bad blood Washington situation, but... Two of the smartest football minds I know. And they they intimately know each other's systems super, super well. I think Mike Patton is going to be eyeing play action. Kyle's going to have to do something different. I think the game plan against Green Bay is going to look different than most this season. That depends if George Kittle is back. But I think he will be. And I think whether it's lots of deep passing... How do you expose a Mike Patton defense? It's running the edge, the edge rushing. I know he's changed his, his scheme some in green Bay here, but edge rushing, that was kind of the, the downfall of the Rex Ryan scheme that lasted for a long time. The NFL, several variations. I think Kansas city still playing a variation of it as well on defense. Um, so, I, the 49ers are going to have to get back to their run heavy approach. I don't know how long Jimmy Garoppolo can throw 45, 50 times a week in this team win football games. The run game's got to come back. I think Green Bay's going to be preparing for that. It will be a chess game. I'm so, I mean, it's the number one and number two seeds in the NFC. Next Sunday is going to be a classic. Right now, i am lean towards the 49ers. They have to get a performance from their defense, though. The defense really hasn't been dominant since that Panthers game. I want to see that Panthers game energy against the Packers. I want to hear Levi's rocking. Striking gold podcast. Yeah, I mean, recapping right now, Kyle got a little bit lucky with a two-point conversion. And it ended up working out in the 49ers' favor. He was also a damn good play caller. Jimmy G got a little bit lucky. They got the football back from Eric Armstead. Defense bailed them out a little bit. Defense has got to get a little bit better. 49ers didn't play their their best football. I felt like Arizona outplayed them, and they came back for a knockout punch at the end. That's what good teams do. They win games they're not supposed to win. Years past. This is definitely an L for the 49ers. Moving forward, they're a contender. They push teams over in the end. This team has issues at receiver we didn't go deep on the O-line today. The O-line is part of the run game problem, obviously. The O-line has not had the same synergy since McGlinchey came back, although he was awesome. Uh, McGlinchey, by the way, raving about Jimmy G on that last drive. Stone-cold killer. Giving everyone confidence in the huddle. You don't see Jimmy G rattled. He, it seems from everything on the outside looking in, he's been an amazing leader for this team. Same with Kyle Got to shout out John Lynch. He was definitely involved in some of the defensive personnel decisions that have this team in a good spot. Yeah, I would say 49ers fans should have pretty neutral energy towards this win. You're pumped about it, of course, because they keep winning. At the same time, some flaws have been exposed, and I don't think the 49ers can keep playing this way and expect to make a run in January. They're going to have to find their groove. Again, you'd rather struggle a little bit in November and be on fire in December headed into the playoffs? It's kind of impossible to play 16 flawless games. You learn from these mistakes. Overall, this is one of the best football teams in the league. Overall, I think Kyle Shanahan is still in line to win coach of the year. You're going to have five to six Pro Bowlers. It's been amazing, amazing turnaround for this franchise. All right, striking gold. Shout out to Untuckit, untuckit.com. Promo code blue. You're going to save 20%. That's a damn good deal. Some other sponsors are not giving that good of a deal. Shipping right to your door. Untuckit.com promo code blue. We are going to talk to you again later this week. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and Candlestick Chronicles with Chris Biederman and Kyle Madsen. Talk to you again soon. Peace.